Welcome to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast, where building a thriving real estate investing business has less to do with subway tile and shiplap and everything to do with whether you've laid a solid foundation to support the life of your dreams. I'm your real estate lawyer turned legal educator host, Bonnie Galam. In my years building a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, the most important lesson I've learned is that being a successful real estate investor isn't about secret strategies or ninja tactics. It's about doing the basic stuff right and staying laser focused. If you're an ambitious real estate investor or one in the making who's looking to build a real estate portfolio that's secure, streamlined, and creates a life you love, you're in the right place. Each week here on the show, you'll get clear, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you build your real estate business and some tough love along the way to make sure you're not building a house of cards. Let's get started. Hi there, I'm Bonnie Gallum, host of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. And I'm really excited for this week's episode because I'm going to be chatting about two of my favorite things, the Real Housewives and asset protection. Okay, so I'm actually not really the biggest Bravo head out there, but I know enough to be dangerous. And when I saw that this pretty scary story actually happened in the news recently, and it looped in asset protection and a bunch of things I talk a lot about, I I really just couldn't resist the opportunity to continue the conversation here. So whether or not you know your Dorinda from your Dorit's, stick around for this episode because it's just a wild situation, really. And believe it or not, this Real Housewives story touches on a lot of the big legal questions I hear from investors all the time, like how anonymity style asset protection plays out in a lawsuit, what to actually name your LLC or trust, and of course, the risks of sharing too much on social media. I wanted to mention that I'm currently hosting a big Q4 giveaway of some of my favorite things. Oprah recently listed and shared her favorite things, but I'm doing this old school Oprah style as a giveaway. And so I will be giving away one winner, a full focus planner, which is like my right hand woman of getting all the stuff done, creating big goals, breaking them down into actionable steps. You'll also get this book called The Big Leap, which literally changed my life. Fantastic book as well as the Stanley Quencher Cup, which I was totally insta-influenced to buy, but it's it's amazing. It's the best cup ever. It has a handle so I can carry it with my kids and all of their stuff when I'm walking out the door. It has a straw, which personally I find helps uh, make me drink a little bit more, makes it a little bit more fun. And it's 40 ounces, plus it actually fits into a car cup holder. I feel like a lot of those like bigger uh, water cups, they end up getting like chucked on a seat and they leak all my car seats and I get really mad. And so this cup is just the best. And then we'll round it out with a $50 Home Depot gift card because Home Depot is life, guys. We all know that. And so if you haven't already, head on over to my website, bonniegallum.com to enter the Q4 giveaway. Entries are closing really soon on Monday. So ain't no time like the present to get your entry recorded. If you enjoy this episode, though, please make sure you subscribe so you're always the first to know when new episodes are released or I'm doing fun little promos like this Q4 giveaway I'm doing right now. And at the end of the episode, make sure you visit the website where you can find the show notes, access to enter the giveaway, plus any of the links that I mentioned today over at bonniegallum.com forward slash 35 or using the links right there in your podcast player. Now, let's dive in because this is a really juicy asset protection story that really can only come out of the Bravo universe. And so if you're listening to this episode when it drops in November of 2021, then you may have seen in the news a few weeks ago that Dorit Kemsley of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fame was recently the victim of what sounded like a frankly, really, really terrifying home invasion. She, um, Dorit was sleeping at the time. She woke up to find burglars apparently standing at the foot of her bed. She was held at gun point and like had to repeatedly beg for her life when one of the burglars urged the other one to kill her. Thankfully, you know, neither her nor her two little kids are 
really little guys, uh, five and seven, were home at the time, and thankfully neither of them were injured. But the burglars got away with her collection of handbags and jewelry, which whether or not you know Dorit or not, I think everyone kind of knows that Real Housewives are infamous <laughs> for their swag. And so it was quite the loot that they got away. But honestly, gosh, as a mother, I just I truly can't imagine what she went through that night and you know what she is, you know, still processing now to this day. But this is where this story takes an interesting legal twist, is that co-star uh, Teddy Mellencamp, who's also on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and happens to be daughter of 80s rock legend John Mellencamp, accused a guest, like a, I guess there's a difference between being a star and like a, a repeat guest on the show, this woman named Dana Wilkie, that in an Instagram post that Dana made, she actually endangered Dorit. And so this is now a deleted Instagram post because that's what always happens. Someone calls you out and it gets deleted. But this woman, Dana, shared basically an LLC registration document of Dorit's. And it was apparently a part of this ongoing beef between Dorit and Dana. But the contents of the document, and let's just say the timing of it, were less than ideal. This post uh, with the LLC information happened to disclose the name of Dorit's street. It wasn't the full address, but apparently her LLC name was a part of her street. And um, that post went up just like days before the home invasion. And so Teddy Mellencamp essentially accused this woman, Dana, of having figurative blood on her hands and, you know, really risking Dorit and her kids' lives by putting out what is not necessarily public information uh, and made it public. And, you know, as soon as I heard this story, it was like fireworks were going off in my brain. I'm like, LLC is anonymity, uh, discovery. Oh, my. Like, so let's bring it down. My my lawyer head was just exploding. And I really wanted to share it with you guys because I, I, I love when I can make this stuff, you know, more practical and you see this stuff happening in the news or, you know, being talked about with everyone's favorite um, talk show host, uh, Andy Cohen. And so what was shown essentially by this now infamous woman, Dana, on her Instagram was like an LLC registration document. And these documents, if you formed an LLC on your own, um, they they vary slightly from state to state. Like some will publish all of the members publicly and some don't. But generally speaking, these LLC registration documents are, in a sense, public record. And but across the board, they all say like who is the registered agent and like what the name of the company is. That's obviously public. And so the registered agent, if you're not aware, is the person who's local to that state who is essentially there to get served with lawsuits in the event that you get sued or, you know, some sort of other governmental notification. But the the name here, and this is what made it such... Uh, so risky that this became public information was that Dorit's LLC name was the street where Dorit lives. Now, for us average Joes or Janes, this this really isn't a big deal. I, I, I tend to think our personal homes are usually in our personal names. And so, you know, a quick googly search will turn up our addresses. I hate to say it's not hard to find us, but I also hate to say that it's, you know, unless you're a celebrity where, you know, security is an actual concern. Oftentimes, most of us make the, you know, cost-benefit decision that the tax benefit of keeping our personal residences in our personal name outweighs some sort of asset or even like life protection risk of people publicly knowing where we live. Now, we all kind of know that this is true because that's how people do like skip tracing. Like we, it's not very hard to find out who is the owner of a particular property. Now, another thing to keep in mind is that just because the state where you register your LLC doesn't publicly disclose all of the members does not mean that it is not discoverable. And I don't mean that in like the 
Google stalking kind of way. What I mean is discovery is a legal term of art, essentially meaning that it's findable in a lawsuit. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's permissible as evidence, but essentially lawyers can go through with their, you know, super subpoena powers and super um, discovery request powers that they have and find out information about what's going on. And so this is actually a really, really major point uh, about asset protection that really makes me skeptical about most types of expensive asset protection schemes, which largely are focused around creating this um, anonymity. And I, I have planned for next month a, a really deep dive into uh, what it means to be anonymous from an asset protection standpoint. But I, I thought it would be interesting to kind of break this down into a, a scenario that doesn't involve real housewives. So let's imagine that we have a property and it's held in an LLC and the, and the LLC is made in a state where only the name of the registered agent and our public record. So if someone was to look up, you know, this property address, they see that it's owned by such and such LLC, but all they can see is the name and the registered agent. They don't see who the members actually are behind the company. And because this is how it is in our state where we made the LLC, we've chosen to hire our attorney to serve as registered agent. So that way our name isn't on that public record. And, you know, by doing that, we're trying to be a little bit anonymous, I guess. But oh my God, we got sued. <laughs> Someone slipped and fell in the, you know, black ice or something in front of our property. And to be honest, you probably didn't even know it happened. But whammo, you get served with this lawsuit claiming that, you know, let's call her little old Florence, broke her back and needs spinal surgery and will, you know, have this horrible chronic pain for the rest of her life. Um, definitely still sending sympathies to Florence, even though we're going to make a little bit of a mockery of this situation. So you get sued. What actually happens? What's the behind the scenes? So let's rewind a bit. The plaintiff's attorney, Florence's attorney, who's the one who's suing you, does, you know, a quick little Google search and finds out that the property where she slipped and fell is held by an LLC and let's call it ABC LLC. This lawyer doesn't know it's yours because you listed your attorney as the registered agent. And he just knows that this LLC is the owner of the property. So what does he do? So he turns to Florence and says, sorry, ma'am, this is you know an anonymous company, not worth our time. <laughs> no, opposite. That is not at all what happens, guys. So what he actually thinks, what these plaintiff's attorneys are thinking is, okay, we've got at least one asset, a piece of real estate, and with real estate comes an insurance policy. He knows this suit is worthwhile because there's a payday. This isn't like a fender bender with someone who's uninsured and doesn't you know, have a pot to you know what in. This is real estate. And so he wakes up, writes up this big scary complaint and he mails it off to your registered agent, whether it's an attorney or otherwise. And so in this situation, it is an attorney. And so your registered agent slash attorney calls up Florence's attorney and says, sorry, bro, attorney client privilege. I can't tell you who's actually behind this LLC. So your lawsuit is dead in the water. Er, wrong again, guys. What actually happens is he just passes that lawsuit right on to you, says, hey, look what I got in the mail today. And then he says, and I'd be more than happy to help you with, you know, a big fat retainer of $7,500 that he probably actually presents to you as some, you know, special courtesy low retainer because you're a special client that he cares a lot about you. And he's going to get ready to start vigorously defending you. Anyway, so you start and you get to work defending yourself, which is scary. Not going to lie. I've been sued. I, I've mentioned that plenty of times before. Um, it, it, it's always not going to be a good feeling. You're never going to get to a point where you're like, I'm bulletproof. This is never going to happen. Or if I get sued, I just I don't care. It, it always stinks when you get sued. Um, but you know that, you know, you've operated your LLC correctly and you've got the right insurance documents in place and you've got good contracts. So you know, you're at least going to weather this storm. But 
Let's say you didn't. Let's say that wasn't you. You, you know, you didn't go to landlord law school, so you don't know how to do all that stuff. But let's say Florence got a judgment against you for, say, a million dollars, a nice, pretty, scary seven-figure number. And you only had, say, a, you know, a $250,000 homeowner's policy, and the property is worth probably about $300,000. So what happens? What happens here? Well, that's when we, you know, get to unravel what you own. That's when these plaintiff's attorneys don't just get to figure out, like, are you guilty or are you liable? They they find out what can we get to go pay Florence a million bucks. And so you better hope that you've been operating your LLC properly or else they're coming after you personally, your home, your bank account, your retirement account, your Bitcoin, like whatever, you name it. But if you did run your LLC properly, then what happens? You're, you're a bit better off. You know, maybe you sell off the property to pay whatever you can in excess of the insurance and then you say you're insolvent. That's it. They can't get what you don't have. But on the other hand, like I said, if, if you didn't, then that's really where, you know, you've opened Pandora's box. The, everything is up for grabs. And you're, you know, really putting yourself at risk of losing a lot of things. And so in addition, you know, to the large, I'll say, irrelevance, unless you're, you know, a celebrity or something, um, the irrelevance of keeping things off of public record is is just that. It, it doesn't really get you very far in terms of asset protection. Um, and most of us, and I'll say, you know, I'll even take a leap of faith and say, thankfully, are not in a position where people are hunting us down for our handbag collection or, you know, to hold us ransom, to be paid off by our, you know, oil magnet father or something like that. But generally, I thought this story was just a really good lesson of considering, you know, what you name your company and the implications it can have and, you know, what these public documents um, can do when, you know, an actual lawsuit comes um your way. And I always say it's not if, it's when. I mean, we all want to be in this game long term. We all want to be in this game to grow. And so we just need to be prepared to weather that storm when it arises. And stuff is public record. And so just keep that in mind that you you do want it to be um, information that you would otherwise be okay people knowing about you. And so this story also brought up the family reminder, uh, really, that whatever we share on the internet has real life implications. And social media isn't some bubble. Um, and, you know, I hear from investors all the time about ways that they shared on social media and it blew up for them, um, whether, you know, it's a disclosure issue with a flip or it was, you know, some someone reporting them to L&I. And I mean, I'm, I'm actually working on a training for this because it's come up so often for landlord law school students on this exact issue. But just know that there are no secrets on the internet. I feel like you guys kind of know that, but I, I feel like it's often presented in a way of like an employment context, like a future employer is going to be able to find this about us. But the real is, is us lawyers too are also trained to find it all. <laughs> and there's nothing like a subpoena to Facebook or Twitter or, you know, even your cell phone company to see what you've been talking about. And, you know, I bet you've seen it too, uh, where, you know, someone has you know, shared in like a Facebook group or the bigger pockets forum or something that X, Y, and Z happen and they're afraid that they're going to get sued. And, you know, they have this call out to their attorney, but they just wanted to ask you guys what they would do, like what what, what you do in this situation. And y'all know that none of what I talk about on this podcast is legal advice. But I will say from one investor to another, if you think that this, you know, might end up bad in some way, keep it to yourself. Just keep it to yourself. Don't post it anywhere because it will be found and you will regret it. Even if you think it is harmless, we are lawyers and we will find something wrong in it. I can almost promise you that. And, you know, there's a reason, frankly, why attorney-client privilege is special. You know, there ain't no Zuckerbergs. You 
privilege, the Zuck or, you know, his legal team or whatever will respond to those subpoenas with a smile on their face and carry on with their lives. It doesn't matter to them. And so just call the lawyer. You guys know my thoughts on this. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And, you know, sadly for our friend Dorit, this information was shared by someone in her close circle with a large platform. Most of us don't have that level of exposure or even, you know, have targeted wealth. You know, people are coming after us, but we all can be legally torpedoed by our actions on social media. And so I just want to warn you to be careful. Keep that in mind. Um, that people are watching what we do and people can come after it even after you know the story disappears 24 hours later that stuff is still around don't you think it's not being used by these algorithms in any way so if you guys enjoyed this episode i'd love it if you left me a five-star review and a little comment about what you love about the podcast it really does help other real estate investors like you guys find my show and as a reminder, before we sign off, just to head on over to my website, bonniegallum.com, to enter that Q4 giveaway. Entries is closing in just a few more days. So if you're listening live, don't forget to head over there. And next week, I will be talking about tackling the hard stuff in our investing business. So stick around and stay tuned. I'll be getting a little bit vulnerable sharing some stuff that we're working on in our own investing business as well. So again, access any of the links or resources mentioned in this episode, head on over to my website or click the links in your podcast app. Until next week, take care, and I'll see you here same time, same place. Bye for now. If you want to continue the conversation, jump on over to the free Good Bones Real Estate Investing Facebook group. That's it for this episode of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'll see you here next week, same time, same place. Until then, go out and build the real estate empire of your dreams. Thank you for listening to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now this lawyer's got to drop the fine print real quick. This podcast is educational and not intended to be legal tax or investing advice for you. Please speak with a local professional for specific advice unique to you and your situation. That's it for this episode. Bye for now.